0: Welcome to AZ Politicast. I'm Steve Goldstein. We're 14 months away from Arizona's 2024 primary election, and this is a prime time for candidate announcements. A couple of the state's congressional competitions are already heating up. One of those is in the newly drawn 1st District, a seat currently held by Republican Congressman David Schweikart. The Democratic primary promises to feature intense exchanges about issues and huge amounts of money being spent, as national Democrats are eyeing the seat as a possible pickup one of the official candidates has had an accomplished career in journalism rather than elected office. Marlene Gallon Woods has never run before, though her late husband Grant Woods was a former attorney general and one of the state's most well-connected politicos. Marlene Gallon Woods is my guest on this edition of AZ Politicast, which starts now. Marlene Gallon Woods' name was one of the most popularly speculated upon when pundits were trying to figure out which interesting people would either run again or take the plunge for the first time. She was a longtime journalist, which we discuss in our conversation, as she contrasts her experience with that of former GOP gubernatorial nominee Carrie Lake. She also recently served as chair for Adrian Fontes' victorious Secretary of State campaign. Here is my AZ Politicast interview with Marlene Gallon Woods as she explains what concerns led her to run for Congress.
1: Well, Steve, um I am very concerned that our rights are being attacked, very simply, in this in our state and in our country. Um our right to free access to the ballot box, our right to reproductive health, our right to live free from gun violence. There's so much work to be done and I have so much hope for our country, for our state that I could not I couldn't not do something about it.
0: Are you more focused? Can you be more focused on trying to improve things here in Arizona, the direction of the state, whether through specifically defeating the Republican you would run against if you get the nomination? Is it about Arizona? Is it about the country? Are they interchangeable in some obvious way?
1: Well, we're all connected. I mean, um, Arizonans, um, the, the concerns that Arizonans have, I believe, are the concerns that, that Americans all over the country have. My goal is as a congresswoman is to go back to the house of representatives and help be part of the solution and the solution would benefit my district it would benefit my beautiful state of arizona and it would help our country as a whole i believe steve that and i wholeheartedly believe this most of us live somewhere in the middle a little to the left a little to the right but the solutions are going to be found in that space of compromise and we have had so much noise especially from the right a little from the left but mainly from the right with this election denial business with with the vitriol the tribalism um that we have to shut down the noise and those of us in the middle which i believe we are the majority we need leadership to help solve these things from that space. That's what I want to do.
0: You mentioned your beautiful Arizona. How does it feel to you as someone who has spent so much of your life here that Arizona has sort of these dual tracks? One is that we're a purple state that has a lot of folks like you're talking about. People in the middle, either a little bit left, a little bit right, but at the same time, strong ties to January 6th, both both in terms of just the, the quote unquote average person, but also a couple of members of our congressional delegation. How does that dichotomy work for you as someone who wants to be a member of Congress? This idea that Arizona has a lot of innovation, a lot of people who want to work together, be problem solvers, and at the same time we have a couple of members of Congress who are anything but that.
1: Well, they're reprehensible. I mean, there's no there there's no other way of putting that. Um, those two members of Congress um, are uh, are reprehensible. They they've attacked our institutions. They have attacked. I, I find it unpatriotic, frankly just to bottom line it for you. But here's what I wanna do. Once again, these are the squeaky, noisy, irritating people, specifically what you're discussing on our right, it needs to be shut down. And the only way to do that is to have strong leadership that looks normal, that just are embracing facts, embracing truth, embracing science, that's where we need to come from. And I believe it can be done. I still have, I have hope for our state. I have hope for our country. And you know what, Arizona has done pretty well. We've had some amazing leadership. And you can start with Barry Goldwater and John Rhodes and my husband and Senator John McCain. And with all the, Sandra Day O'Connor, all these people, We I'm sure we don't all agree on everything. But one thing of the people who I just listed we agreed on democracy we agreed on facts and science we we agreed on a set of facts so that you can actually have a conversation about how to change something how to how to compromise how to move people forward and the country forward that's what I that's what I strive to do that's the kind of leader I intend to be
0: Well that leads into the next question about how possible bipartisanship is, and if there are certain issues that come to mind for you on that, with Supervisor Bill Gates deciding not to run again after the attacks he and his colleagues and many others were subjected to with this so-called recount in 2020, and then what happened in 2022, it seems like a a Bill Gates is the type of person that a Democrat could work with, as more and more people like him maybe decide not to run for office. What does that mean for bipartisanship going forward?
1: Well, um, just to address Bill Gates for a minute, I think Bill Gates is a hero in our myths. Um, I had breakfast with Bill a couple of months ago and I kid with him that um, I, I blame him slightly for my decision to run for office. <laughs> because I I honestly, I, I just think, you know, the man, he he put his career aside. He put earning a huge living aside to make a difference. And he, thank God, happened to be at the right place at the right time. To put country over party and people over politics. And that's what he did. And um, he saved the day. So it's people like that who need to run. And you know what? He's done enough. I think the guy deserves a, a vacation, honestly. <laughs> he did what he was meant to do. But I am inspired by a Bill Gates because of, of that very thing. I I have never wanted to run for office. I am not a career politician as we know. Yes. Um I do I do not have a vertical ambition for my political career. I do not want to be a governor. I do not want to be a US senator. I want to go to the House of Representatives, to the people's house and get the people's work done. So Steve, I'm always going to tell you exactly what I think. And What I say in a Democratic primary is going to be what I will say in a general, and it's what I will say and do as a Congresswoman. I cannot not do this. I am inspired by Bill Gates. I'm inspired by the memory of my husband. I'm inspired by other leaders who have put aside personal comfort, maybe, to do the right thing.
0: Since you mentioned um, Grant Woods, who a lot of us admired greatly, the way you sound, it sounds like what he was always doing, speaking his mind. And yet a lot of people said, well, he couldn't really have run for office again because he couldn't win a primary. Are you afraid that speaking the truth is going to make it harder for you to win a primary?
1: No, I think my truth um, aligns quite well in the Democratic primary in, in this district. I think the, once again, I think the the Democrats in this district, like I said, most of us live somewhere in the middle. They might live a little to the left. Um, my truth is going to be what they're looking for. I am for common sense gun reform. I am for voting rights. That John Lewis Voting Rights Act should have been passed. I am in, obviously will fight for my daughter and my granddaughter and all of the girls out there for reproductive health, um, the government has no right and certainly no business being inside a room with a doctor and his patient. I am also for immigration reform and for border security, and that's something that we do need to talk about. We need to talk about how they can coexist, how those things can coexist coexist with a strong economy. And by the way, in in a democratic primary, because some of some of our colleagues to the right are not truthful about their their attempts to weaken Social Security and Medicare, that is a priority of mine as well. So I think my values line up quite well in a Democratic primary.
0: Marlene, do you feel like there's a disconnect uh, between what you mentioned about a lot of people being in the middle somewhere and members of Congress, it seems certainly at this point more on the right, but there's been a history of that on the left as well, of Wanted to go for the win uh whatever that means as opposed to solving a problem being considered a win it's almost like I need to get a win for my party or for this particular candidate as we've seen with with a former president in particular so when it comes down to doing all these things is there space considering what we've seen in 2020 and 2022 do you feel like it's an uphill battle though to get I hate to use like a Nixonian term but you know the the silent majority of people sort of in the middle, to get more amped up and protect our institutions as opposed to shaking their heads going, well, that person's crazy, but you know that's not me as opposed to saying, you probably need to either convince that person or talk that person down as opposed to just ignoring it. And I wonder if you're in a role where you can sort of drive more people to think about what the truth is, uh, or at least the truth that, we'll, that we've all sort of relied on for a couple hundred years.
1: Well, Steele, I'll tell you it's it's one of the reasons it's one of the things that inspires me to run for office. Yes, to get all those things done, but but being a good leader means that you wake people up out of their slumber. And we are we are in a critical point in our state and in our country where people have to pay attention. And the fact is, I I am a good communicator. I love talking to people. I love listening to people, and I. As part of this campaign and beyond, my goal is to get people to wake up and give a damn about where we are living and that our democracy is so fragile and our environment is so fragile. We have to care. It's up to us to fix it. And I do think that I am uniquely positioned to be able to carry that message.
0: Kerry Lake, the GOP gubernatorial nominee, was a person on TV doing the news. And you've come out fairly recently. There's a, a a big event at ASU, Cronkite School, that you came out and spoke very strongly about certain things related to real journalism. Are you concerned at this point at all that because there are so many people who seem to not trust journalists as much as they did, that you being a former journalist could be seen as a negative? Can you counter that?
1: No, you know what? I don't think it's a, it's a, a negative because I was a real journalist mm-hmm. and I was a journalist um, in many markets in Florida. I came to Arizona, I covered the legislature, I covered the governor who was being impeached. I uh, worked in Los Angeles as a reporter, a street reporter covering tough neighborhoods, covering all sorts of things. I am a storyteller. I am a person who embraces facts and the truth. And that cannot be said Of my former colleague.
0: So Marlene, finally, is there anything about you, about your candidacy, about that congressional seat that you want to mention to close out?
1: I am a product of immigrants. I, my parents were born in Cuba. They came to this country to make a better life for their family, for me, for my brother, my sister. They started a little business in Brooklyn, New York, where I grew up. Um, And I learned hard work and work ethic from my parents, from that little store where I started working when I was 12 years old. Um, and that's who I am. And I I want to be part of the solution in this country where we are protecting democracy. I know what a dictator looks like. i I can recognize one and what an authoritarian regime looks like. My parents came from one. I recognize it in the making. And I I feel that we are in a tough situation right now where it could go either way. So I want to be part of that solution. And I want to be part of a strong economy for small businesses like the one that my father had. And how do we create a climate for those businesses to succeed? But those are those are the things that are important to me because of my history, because of my uh, my heritage I'm a first generation American and and um Spanish was my first language I'm a mom I'm a stepmom and I'm an adoptive mother I mean I, I got I got them all I got <laughs> I, I checked every box I can't look away I can't look away I'm gonna do my best to make things better for all of us well
0: it's gonna be very exciting to see you on the campaign trail thats Marlene gallon Woods Democratic candidate in the first congressional district Marlene thanks so much and good luck
1: you bet Steve, thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks again to Marlene Gallon Woods for joining me on Easy Politicast and thank you for listening. Please let everyone you know about Easy Politicast and subscribe, rate and review. Easy Politicast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, where you'll find all of the previous episodes, including one with Andre Cherney, who is also running for the Democratic nomination in the 1st Congressional District. To give me topic ideas and guest suggestions, email me at azpoliticast at gmail.com. That's azpoliticast at gmail.com. Music for this podcast is from Epidemic Sound. I'm Steve Goldstein. Thanks for being with me for AZ Politicast.